Welcome to the Redefine Your Career Journey podcast, where we help career-minded professionals like you become the CEO of your career. I'm Laura Bayshore, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary Jane Brandt. Together, we have over 25 years of experience in career development and coaching. We're thrilled to share our insights and expertise with you on this podcast. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, tune in, and let's start the show. People are making so many career changes right now and also just trying new things like if you're networking in person or virtually or just reaching out through LinkedIn for the first time, confidence is something that you need. And one of the ways that confidence comes into play is when you're trying to figure out how to answer those tricky interview questions. So we're going to talk about that and how you can prepare for them. Yes, where are we at? Oh, let's do a poll. So, <laughs> who, oh, it's going to be hard. I haven't had my coffee yet, but I'll tell you why later. Um, who's been on an interview in the last three months? Can you give us a heart? And then if you're, oh, okay, great, great. Oh, okay, wonderful. And um, I also want to know is anyone planning like you're in that job mode? and you're planning or hoping for interviews, give us a thumbs up. Anybody? All right, okay, good job. Now, who has, has this ever happened? Have you walked out of an interview or hung up the phone or closed out the Zoom and thought, what kind of answer was that? Give us a laughing reaction. Because I know I've done it. Wait, I need to put a laugh up. Like, what the heck did I just say? Yeah, there we go. Right, you just <laughs> gave the wrong answer. Um, let's jump into this, guys. Let's go. Let's do it, Laura. It's time to start giving those interview tips and trends. So I think the first thing to talk about is piggybacking off of what Mary said, where we're thinking about interviews and having confidence in that. You really want to remember that interviews are made to determine three things. First is, can you do the job? And that's really kind of verifying some things from your resume. So make sure that you have read through your resume as well. And you can try to figure out and think about what questions might come up. Two is, do they like you? So you don't know, you might be reporting directly to the person you're interviewing with or uh, working inside of the same shared space, then they want to figure out, are you the right fit? And then three, yeah. And then three is longevity. So how long will you stay with the company? Is it worth the investment? And that's really something to think about because nobody's looking for you to stay with the company for a decade, but they do want to get a good two to three years out of you. So be prepared to frame your questions in that way of working within the company. Mm. A couple of tricky questions that we, we were looking at that have come up for our clients. And I think this is really good, you know, how to address leaving your previous position under duress or under stress, right? So we've all been in jobs where it wasn't working out. We needed to get out of there, you know, we're working in a toxic environment and we need to move on. But how do you address that when you're in the interview? Because one of the tricky questions is, 
why did you leave your last job, right? Or why are you, <laughs> you leaving your last to, job? <laughs> you have to be prepared to answer that question. And so we thought it was really important. And we're going to dive into, you know, leaving your previous position under duress. And I just want to kind of go over what that means. So, you know, resigning under duress is regarded as constructive dismissal. So in other words, your oh. employer, <laughs> you know, this is a statement that I grabbed. In other words, your employer made your life a living hell by doing that, forced you to resign. That's what duress is. Like you feel forced that you had to resign. You didn't yeah. really want to design, but your working conditions forced you to. So what does that mean? So there's basically two words that come to mind. You're being overworked or underpaid. So let's yeah. talk about that. And I'm going to really address that being overworked. Um, when an employee, let's say when an employer at your at your job maybe an employee leaves and your boss says hey can you take on tammy's work until we hire someone and you're like yeah sure you think it's you know they're going to jump right on it you know it's going to be 30 days or less you take on all the responsibilities and you're doing a great job you know you're staying on top of it but you're working extra right yes. they're not they're they're just dumping all this work on you and it can take months to hire someone, or they say, you know what, Laura, you're doing such a great job. We decided not to replace Tammy. Yeah, we'll just keep you here. <laughs> now, let's talk, there's two things. So they can say, we're not gonna replace Tammy. Uh, we're gonna give you a pay bump, but that workload is ridiculous. You're now yeah. doing the job of two employees, and you're like, no, no, I don't, I don't wanna work 50 hours a week. And so that could be, and there were, you know, it can go on where they're like, well, this is the way the company's going. We're combining the positions, but like you're combining the positions, but that's twice as much work. Right. And, so, and, and almost like yeah. you should feel grateful, right? Like you're yeah, still you should, here. You yeah. should feel grateful for all this extra work, right? <laughs> yeah. And I've worked with people who always, always take on that extra work. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen them get burnout. You know, they yes. think that that's a way, I mean, taking on extra work over and over and over again. There are seasons, right, where we take on extra work and we might work a little bit. But if you're signing up for a 40-hour a week job, it should be a 40-hour a week job. It Absolutely. shouldn't always, always be a 50-hour a week job. So my husband works in logistics and this company that he works for in San Diego, um, they constantly had overtime mandatory or we you got to work you got to work I'm like I really don't you, get the concept of that like I have had that too and I don't understand mandatory overtime how can you mandate that right. I'm gonna work overtime like what I I just don't get it and I've been forced into it too you know and I, I anyways I just I don't understand well, the whole thing sense. that I say with mandatory overtime if you are constantly having mandatory overtime the employer has not hired the right people or they haven't hired enough people. And in his situation, mm -hmm. they never were fully staffed. Now, thank God he's not there anymore, right? Yeah. So we're going, let's circle back to, you know, how how do you convey this, right? One of the things is how to um, talk about leaving your position under duress. One is being overworked. They were understaffed. They never hired enough people. So I could never, maybe you couldn't fulfill your position all the way. You can do all your tasks 100% because you were doing someone else's job as well. The other thing is harassment. Okay? Uh, yeah, yep. 
you know, duress, you, you're being harassed from an employee or a manager and HR would not take action. Um, and so I've seen this happen at a independent private school here in San Diego, no names, it's somewhere I work and there was harassment from a manager um, to another manager. Yeah. And they ended up resigning. Do you know, interesting, the only mm -hmm. harassment I experienced as an employee came from another woman. Isn't that interesting? Ah. Yeah, my director. Instead of building each other up, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're turning that corner of where women are lifting each other up and supporting each other. But I have to say, it's just starting to happen in the last, I'm going to say two years. It's always been women have, we have not been good about supporting each other in the workplace, lifting each other up. We, we have felt women, and I'm talking in general, you guys, that the way to get to the top is to knock other people down. Yeah, and, and absolutely. So that happened a lot, but, you know, resigning under duress and then explaining that you need to practice that answer and you need to practice it with an interview coach before you go into that interview you have to be able to answer the question clearly and concisely why did you leave your last position yeah exactly i just quickly want to share a story i had with somebody who i was practicing mock interview with she was a legal secretary and uh she had been on 11 interviews not within like one or two organizations but she'd interviewed with 11 different companies And by all forms, you know, I looked at her resume and I spoke with her briefly and I couldn't figure it out. So I said, look, just let's do a mock interview. Let's see what's going on here. Because by all accounts, this should not have been happening to this professional. She was highly, a a highly skilled candidate. So we're getting into the mock interview and I asked her, why did you leave your last job? And she replied by telling me she wanted to work in a safe environment. And I just sat there and let her continue. Then her face, her whole demeanor dropped. She looked very upset and had anxiety um, and said she wanted to work someplace where the boss did not yell at her. And so, you know, I stopped her at that point. I stopped the role play and we had a conversation about it and really addressed it. And it's something where she didn't realize she was even coming across that way. She said, I just want to set my boundaries now. And so we talked about different ways that she could do that in a way that's not going to reflect negatively on her because all the person interviewing you hearing is just hearing the negative side of it. And I mean, all of us have had a some kind of working situation like that, right? Or at least the majority of us. We all know what it's like to have a terrible boss. <laughs> it's just the oh, way yeah. it goes. But we worked on some strategies in a way that she could talk about it and talk about, you know, I'm looking for a place where I can grow and where I have a really good mentorship from my supervisor. And what was great about that is she felt more confident and she went to her next two job interviews The first one she had after our mock interview, she didn't get it, but she told me, hey, you know, I think I've got some really good strategies and feeling confident. And the second interview she went on, she was not only 
offered a job, but she accepted the job offer. So it really makes a difference how you just tweak those. It's the words. It's it's not that you're saying you're giving a different answer. You're using different words to convey your answer. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, let's move on. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have like no voice after um, three days of talking nonstop. <laughs> if I cough, I apologize. Um, oh my gosh, my throat. I need, I need tea and honey. Okay. Um, you guys, I love this next one. This is kind of my specialty as Lord. Knows. Yes, Thanks for giving yes. me this one. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, thank you, Laura. You know, um, it's about answering behavioral questions. So behavioral questions, everyone always gets tripped up, right? You get all nervous, but you know what? There is a wonderful method that you can use so you can answer any behavioral question. And there, it's called the CAR or STAR methodology. Now I use CAR because why complicate it, I right? Know. Why add one more letter? So CAR stands for the challenge, the action, and the result. Yes. So at your past job, and you guys should be doing this every year, what was the challenge that you faced? What was the action that you took? And what was the result? that happened out of that. Now we don't have time to do a deep dive on how to create all of those, but for those behavioral questions, which are the interview questions that assess your actions and reactions in a given professional setting or situation, they help your employees determine, employers determine your skills and qualities, such as problem solving, customer service, critical thinking and communication. So when I work with my clients and this is like an aha moment for every client I work with, cause they're like, well, you know, I was a manager. I managed a staff of 10 or I was in accounting, you know, and I, I did my job every day. I'm like, no, let's, let's do the deep dive. Your car statement is that challenge, the action and the result. And here's how I work with my clients. I ask them to just bullet point, and then we do the deep dive, but four to five car statements, but then take it a level deeper and you create your bucket. So leadership, financial, client focus, management, communication, and you write a car statement for all of those. And if you can create, I say five car statements, you can answer any behavioral question. Right, Laura? Absolutely. And I think to kind of finish that up too, another thing to understand is that you need to use a different example. One example. Oh, yes, yes. May... So not all the same. <laughs> yeah, not the same story. Like one situation may have touched all of these, but you need to use different examples because otherwise the person interviewing you is going to think, okay, well, I get it one time. Oh my God. This one yeah, story. I've never had somebody come back and try to use the same story for each bucket and, and topic, but yes, it's I five haven't, different. Yeah. I haven't in coaching, but I have when I'm actually interviewing somebody. So when oh, I have been on yeah. the other side of the table and then they keep yeah. using the same story, I'm like, oh my gosh, you haven't given any yeah. thought to this. And you're so nervous that all you can think of is one story. Now, I'm a nice interviewer. I'll try to help people. I'll try to be like, okay, 
let's think about a different time, <laughs> a different situation. Yeah, you need to have different stories and different situations yes. that you can pull out of your pocket. So I work with a lot of um, mid-level managers. So it's like leadership, yeah. you know, um, it's about staff development, communication. You yeah, know, I and love then, that you know, maybe because you come yeah, well-rounded. So, yeah so i'm just like have your you know i i usually do like five buckets and if you write a car statement for each bucket you then you can answer almost any behavioral questions that's thrown at you exactly you just like rolodex oh okay that financial situation or leadership time i developed employee management yes. how i dealt with you know a difficult staff member um and I think so, that's so important too, because you may feel like I'm, I'm really good at interviewing. I can just come up with things off the uh, cuff and you can, but to Mary's point, you're not going to get a well-rounded answer. If you haven't thought about it strategically in those four to five different buckets that make you up as a professional. So I think that's such a great tip that you're sharing, Mary. Yeah. They, all my clients, we, uh, they do the bullet points. And then we write it up and then they practice saying it to me, right? It's like you <laughs> yes. need to have those, you have to have them memorized in a way so that when you get answered that question, you're like, oh, okay, I need to use my leadership exactly. car statement or I need to yeah. use my communication car statement. So it's not, you know, it's really a lot of um, thinking, really doing some deep dive on your past experiences. And yeah. what are the situations that you can share? You know, what are going to be your answers in your interview statements? And I, I'm a big believer in you write it up, you read it, you listen to it, you say it over and over. So then you can rattle it off in the interview with confidence. Yes. And, and naturally, right? So you don't sound like a robot <laughs> because yeah, we love yeah. technology, but not when it sounds like you're a robot, when you're saying sentences well, here's, coming here's from your a, <laughs> Here's a tip that I tell well, my husband and other people, right? Like record your car statement, like what you're going to, what you've written down, record it on your phone and listen to it on your drive to work. Mm-hmm. And just listen to it over and over and you're like, okay, I missed something or, oh yeah, that sounds good. And you'll listen to it and you'll be able, you're like, if you do that for a couple of weeks, you're going to get all your car statements down and it, yeah. you're just going to go into the interview more confident and the more confident you communicate clear, more clearly, I believe. Is there a right way to answer what's your greatest weakness? Can I just say, I hate that question. <laughs> Yes, but then I want to say I love this question. <laughs> I hate that question. I just, I'm really like, really, I'm, why, why am I going to answer that? It or, sounds, you know, it sounds. It's okay trite. for us to have a difference of an opinion, right? I get it. I mean, it sounds trite, but when I'm interviewing somebody, I. <laughs> Okay. I mentioned earlier that I'm a nice interviewer. I am. I'm nice, but I also like to see what a person looks like when the wheels are ticking. Like I, I want to see what happens when they have to say something because we are trained that we're going to go into this interview and we're only going to speak positive things about ourselves. But then you get asked, what's your greatest weakness? And it's like, I don't know. And you're thinking you've never had to work on anything you've there's nothing and so the trick to this is that you always want to end on a positive note because people are going to remember what you said at the end 
So making sure that you're throwing out there, first off, don't say that it's perfection because I can't, I can't be told that anymore, but we okay, talked about that last That's why week. I hate that one. I'm yeah. a perfectionist. <laughs> right. But that for me, I'm, I'm like, oh, oriented. yeah, I'm like, oh, exactly. Please. So instead think of something that's unique to you. But what you want to do to turn that into a positive at the end is explain what you have learned from that or about yourself or what you are doing to improve that. Because now what you're showing is I accept critical feedback and not only do I accept it, but I move on from there and I figure out ways to improve myself and continue to grow as an employee. So that's how you can do that. And So the reason why I love this question is because it really gives you a big opportunity to shine because 90% of people do not answer that question correctly. So if you can, you're going to stand out. And maybe it's just because I'm tired of the standard interview questions. I think interviews should be more conversational. And that's just the interviews that are more conversational. I I think that you learn more. I agree. But you also have to have that confidence so you can turn it into a conversation because some people have to go off of their script. They have to read that because that's what HR has passed down and that's what has to go on. But you can still turn it into a conversation instead of just like, you know, a fire drill. A fire drill. I love that. (laughs) Um, You know, and interviewing is tough. You know, I, I work with a lot of people and like interviewing is really tough for them and it also depends on where you're at in your career journey because i feel like the more um as you progress in your career and you've done more interviews although i've done very little little interviewing in my life because i I, you know i stayed at my jobs for a long time and because my three of my last jobs before this were all refer i was referred and that's just, that's that conversational interview when you're referred. Yeah. I think certain, the, the, the difference now is that even when you're getting referred, you still like, it gets you in front of the people, but you still have to go through the yeah. tedious process now, you know, and they have to make sure they have everything in order. Um, yeah. But I, I really think everything we do is an interview. And if you can just remember that, like every conversation you have is an interview So just Mm, don't get caught up on being scared of the word, you know, because every time you talk to someone, they're interviewing you. We're interviewing each other in the history. Well, Laura, then let's kick it off. You know what time it is. It's it's time for the weekly buzz. And each week we give you an actionable tip that you can use to kick your week off, right? So Laura, do you want to go ahead and wrap us up? Yeah. So the best thing that you can do so that you don't get tripped up by those tricky questions is practice your interview. And I think we've gone over a lot of great tips here, but avoid being unprepared by practicing your interview skills. Write down your answers to a list of tricky questions. So things that have tripped you up in the past or things that you even have fear around answering Practice answering those questions with a live person. You need to see how you're sounding. You want to get that feedback. And what are the top three questions you're most nervous to answer? Start by practicing your answers to those questions because it will renew your confidence. And then you can get into even more of a deep dive when you're preparing 
for your next interview. And I'd like to add to that when you're practicing your questions or your answers to those questions, it's not just in your head. You actually need to say them out loud to see how it's sounding. Because I think Correct. a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I got, I went over it in my head. I, I, you know, I'm a firm believer. You write it, you read it, you speak it. If you enjoyed the podcast, show us some love. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you have any feedback, go ahead and share that with us too, because we want to hear from you. And don't forget to visit our website, Redefine Your Career Journey, so it can help you take the next step in your career. Woohoo! We'll see you next week with another episode to help you redefine your career journey. Until then, stay focused, stay motivated, and stay caffeinated.